0: Hi, welcome to the Berry Nation podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April. I'm Jason. I'm Natalie. Today, we are thrilled to be introducing you to an obesity expert that we really can't believe we're having a conversation with, Dr. Robert Kushner.
1: April, happy to be here, as well as Jason and Natalie.
0: Natalie and I had the privilege of seeing you live at this year's ASMBS conference where you were presenting on weight reoccurrence, or as patients often call it, regain. And you shared one slide in particular that we were actually just talking about before we hit record. But that slide really helped Natalie, Christine, and myself understand really why regaining weight after surgery is so common. And it also helped us drop some of that shame that we were feeling about the weight regain that, that we were experiencing. So we're thrilled to be talking to you about exactly that regain or weight reoccurrence, why it happens, and what are some things that we can do as patients to help mitigate that. So before we dive into the conversation, I'd love to turn the microphone over to you. Please introduce yourself.
1: Well, first of all, I'm thrilled to be here. So, uh, so I'm glad you have me. I'm my, my name's Bob Kushner. I'm a professor of medicine at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine in Chicago, and director of the Center for Lifestyle Medicine. So, what that means is that we essentially help individuals who are struggling with their weight, often have medical complications Uh, in approach in a very comprehensive way that includes medical management as well as bariatric surgical management. So I've been doing this for 40 years and uh, have gained quite a bit of experience in this field.
0: I would say so. Your book is phenomenal. I I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but I'm, I think, three quarters of the way uh, through it. And as a patient, I can say I very much appreciate um, how approachable and understanding you are of the struggle that people face when they have the disease of obesity, right? There are so many things that go into it. And as a patient, I don't know about uh, you and uh, Jason and Nat, but I carried a lot of shame and a lot of guilt thinking it was decisions I was making. And I've come to understand it is a disease, not a decision. Uh, and that conversation today is really gonna center around the disease and what we can do as patients to, to really fight back against weight reoccurrence.
1: Right, I agree completely. You, you've uh, you've come a long way for trying to get the rest of society to think <laughs> the same way, uh, because they're still caught in the whole idea of stigma and shame and willpower and motivation and why can't you get it under control, get your act under control. Uh, so you, you've already uh, understand the un- uh, what obesity as a disease is all about. So good for you and others.
0: Yep. Well, we, we are on a mission to change that. So we're 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 happy to carry that message forward with you. <laughs> good. All right. Well, let's dive in. So. We always like to kind of start at the very beginning at the baseline. We know that so many of you listening or watching have maybe just made the decision to undergo bariatric surgery, and you might not even really quite understand what it is. So to ensure we're all speaking the same language, the first question we'd like to ask you, Dr. Kushner, is really what is bariatric surgery and how does it help people reach a healthy weight who are struggling with the disease of obesity?
1: So bariatric surgery is an umbrella term for multiple procedures that are done by a surgeon. Uh, they're done laparoscopically these days. So the whole idea of an open incision and several days in the hospital really no longer exists and all sorts of complication. But essentially what they do is modify or change the gastrointestinal system a little bit, stomach or intestine, either rerouting or make it smaller. This is all going on inside you. You don't actually feel that But it it oftentimes makes stomach smaller, but but more importantly, it it helps metabolically. It's not just mechanical. Like I can't eat so much because I have a small stomach. We now know by altering the gastrointestinal tract, it changes how the body handles metabolism. Gastrointestinal hormones that affect appetite as well as fullness or reward from food. It changes how your body handles blood sugar, so diabetes typically gets better. Also changes bile acid metabolism, which are things in your intestine, the microbiota, which are are the, the gut or the bacteria. So it gets rather complicated. We don't really know, quite frankly, how it works, but bottom line is it does many things by altering the stomach or the intestinal direction. And the end result from a patient point of view is you generally feel full sooner. You cannot eat as much food. It often changes your relationship with food alters what you can eat, and uh, it is the most successful treatment we have, the most effective treatment we have today to help people manage their weight or lose weight. Uh, So not only does it improve the medical problems, which is what often brings someone to the program, diabetes, sleep apnea, arthritis, hypertension, heart disease, and so forth, but probably even most important, it improves quality of life, your feeling, your function, um, how you interact with others, sense of intimacy, how you navigate through the world—in uh, many, it changes your identity. So I'm getting beyond your question of what is bariatric surgery, but it's as a clinician in, involved in this field, I have to tell you, it's one of the most rewarding things I do is to help someone in that journey and see the changes they undergo, um, and 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 help them and support them along the way.
2: Well, and you mentioned that you you felt like you were getting out of the depth of the question, but honestly, you're really not though, because a lot of people who are either pre-op or freshly post-op really don't understand what they're in for. So a lot of the things that you're describing are exactly things that, you know, April, Natalie, and myself have felt, you know, three, you know, two and three years post-op and almost four years post-op. But it was a lot of things that weren't explained to us pre-op. So we had no idea what we were, you know, what, what kind of different all the different aspects and layers we would be going through. And now that we're post-op and kind of wandering into these territories every day is new. And it's like a learning curve for us because it's like, well, oh, here's something else that we didn't think we were going to have to be dealing with. And now here we are. But it's good to have you know, experts like you to come on and speak about it, as well as having the community that we have with each other and at large that we're so connected with to talk about these things, because this not only from people who have are are farther out in their journeys than we are, but also people that are new, everybody can kind of go along at the same pace and figure out all the things that we're going through. So the people that are just now starting to enter into those things can realize, you know, kind of what it is. So it's amazing that you that you explained it the way you did, because I think everybody can get something from that.
1: Well, let me, let me just add something, uh, Jason. I think it speaks to uh, choose a program, whether it's a center of excellence or an experience program, that does prepare you with reasonable expectations so you understand what you're getting yourself into, and equally so, have very good post-operative care. I know we're going to talk about weight recurrence in a moment, but very importantly, we call it perioperative care. It's from soup to nuts. It's It's everything and how important that actually is to be successful.
0: Yes. And as patients, we understand it's one thing to, to have this information beforehand, right? Our surgeons and our centers talked about the lifestyle change and the nutritional changes, right? And all of these things. But when you're actually living those changes, it's very different than what you read or hear about. And when you, Dr. Kushner, said it really is about identity. We, we're, I was just talking to somebody in the Barry Nation membership community today. She used those exact same words. I feel like my identity has changed. And that is one of the the biggest things that I think I went through, and I think Jason and Nat did as well. You understand just how tied to yourself the disease of obesity was. And after surgery, you get a little bit of distance between yourself and the disease. And it really is an opportunity to examine who am I as a person? What is my identity? Or what identity do I want to craft to carry me forward into this new, new life that I'm establishing? And you know, a year or two into surgery, you're doing that work, and then all of a sudden something happens. What we're going to talk about today, weight reoccurrence. So we think that we're traveling down this road, everything's going wonderful. I'm reestablishing who I am as a, as a person. And then I get hit with, with, with regain. All of a sudden I step on the scale and I'm up five five pounds, and then it's seven, and then it's 10. So what is weight reoccurrence or right, as we call it, regain?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it, of course, it is, as, as, as you say, it's a weight recurrence or weight regain. I think the important thing I want to make, though, is it's, it is seen with any form of, of weight loss management, whether it's lifestyle management, diet or physical activity, medication, if you stop the medication, or bariatric surgery, weight recurrence tends to occur. And that speaks to the disease of obesity. We It's an unfair battle we are biologically engineered to maintain our body weight we don't, our body does not want to lose weight and that has to do with goes back millennia when we we were faced with famine and with starvation which was very common millennia ago so we are biologically engineered to defend our body weight to the best of our ability because if we didn't we would lose weight during famine or starvation we wouldn't survive as a species so it's very hard to change that. So nowadays, let's fast forward now to twenty, you know, to the twenty-first century. Most people, certainly in the United States, are not facing famine or starvation. It does occur around the world still, however. But the reason we lose weight now is volitional. We want to lose weight because we have excess body weight. We want to get healthier. Here's the rub: our body doesn't know that our body still thinks, aha, famine, starvation, we have to defend our body weight and we're gonna bring it back up as, as quickly as we can. Now, we don't feel that on the inside, but so what do we feel as people? We get hungrier as time goes on. We, our, we get Our metabolism starts to slow. You may not feel it, but our metabolism starts to go down. Our muscles become more efficient. All of these factors conspire to bring our body weight up whether you had diet, whether you had bariatric surgery, the same a thing occurs. So that's the foundation of why we start to regain body weight. Body weight adapts to the situation.
0: Hey, this is April, one of your hosts. If the Bury Nation podcast has made a positive impact on your life, become a supporter. For $5 a month, you can help us produce this podcast. Your support would mean the world to us visit us online at berrynationpodcast.com to learn more.
3: And you know that makes so much sense. As I heard you you describe that, it makes sense. Our bodies are in survival mode because that's the way that we have been brought up for millennia as you said, and we are trying to treat a disease that requires lifelong treatment. We know this, we talk about this in Berry Nation um and when we stop that treatment albeit medications or you know not eating to plan whatever that may be even if maybe we are our obesity gets our body to bring that weight back up it all makes sense to me i i know april and jason are thinking the same but wow to have it said that way to where it's like a gene like really our genes our body is meant to hold on to that weight or gain weight for safety
1: yeah, let, let, and that, that, exactly right. So whether someone has a healthy body weight or someone is struggling with obesity, which is excess body weight, if you lose weight, the same adaptation occurs. Now, you would think this is unfair. I'm overweight. I have excess body weight. I have these medical problems. Why is my body allowing me to get down to a healthy body weight? Your brain doesn't quite know it. It thinks that the weight you're at is the weight you ought to be at. And, and, that could, and some people call it a set point or settling point. Um, we kind of think of it as a settling point. The reason we don't think of it as a set point because if you move to a third world co- or, or a country that is um, more underserved and it doesn't have the same access of food, and you're, and you're doing more physical activity and labor, you would probably lose weight just because of your environment. So that set point is going to change depending upon your environment. But there is kind of a settling point that we all kind of maintain our body weight around. And if you gain weight from a genetic point of view, your body thinks that's the weight you ought to be at. It's not your fault, it's just that's biologically what happens. So it still thinks there's a famine, starvation, darn it, we're gonna bring that body weight back up. Despite what you wanna do and how sometimes how hard you, or how much you want it to happen. It sounds unfair, it is incredibly frustrating. But that is in large part, of April, why weight recurrence happens with all of these different treatment approaches.
0: I literally, I mean, Jason and Natalie know my facial expressions. I, my, my mind is blown for lack of a better term. And all of a sudden it's like all my entire adult life snapped together and made sense because before bariatric surgery, I did everything under the sun to get to a healthy weight. And I would always lose 60 pounds, I think was the most I I lost before surgery, but I would always bounce back up or even gain a little bit more. Well, I went into surgery thinking I'm never going to have to deal with this again. I'm never going to regain weight. This is the only tool now that I need. I'm four years post-op. I understand now that is not true. My disease continues to progress and I need to continue to treat it. But your statement really helped me drop the shame I was still carrying about all the work that I did before surgery and why I'm still battling with weight reoccurrence now. And it's a question that comes up in our community all the time. People really do have this question about set point theory, which is exactly what what you just described. But it's so freeing as a patient to know this is really to be expected. So my regain is not the exception. It's almost the rule.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, I, I, another way some of my colleagues describe it is if you have a rubber band, you know, and you pull the rubber band and you have that tension mm-hmm. and it's some, and it's a lot of work and effort to keep that tension and keep the rubber band expanded. As time goes on, your muscles fatigue, you know, you start just becoming distracted. The rubber band comes back to that natural shape. So it's just a way of saying that there's a plasticity to it, um, but there is, there's tension and forces that kind of bring the body weight back up and, and, and is incredibly frustrating. I, I know, I, I feel it, I see it with my patients every single day. Um, but that is, after you start off talking obesity as a disease, that is one of the issues that speaks to the biology, the underlying metabolism of this disease of obesity. It, it's where the body wants to be at despite your best effort and your intentions it's fighting to come back up. Now, bariatric surgery, which we'll talk about quite a bit here, is the most effective treatment we have to combat that weight regain. But nonetheless, even with that force, there is some weight regain among some individuals. Yeah, well, she she
2: April had her her, her dual faces on. She had her mind blown face, but she also had her angry face on because those two things, when they click, that's what happens. I mean, honestly, because I'm the same way, like I've been dealing with it as well. I'm getting ready to have you know, revision based on that simply because like between my lowest weight and where I'm at now, but the shame that surrounds that is is disheartening on so many levels because I carried it around for the longest time, thinking that this is just what I was resound to, and this this was it. Like I wasn't there was no hope, there was no change, there was nothing because I too have tried all the different things and I'll lose five pounds here, seven pounds here, but it all comes back. But I've been I've I'm maintaining where I am now, but I've maintained where I am for like nine months. But I'm extremely unhappy with where I am because I still have you know my. My metabolic issue. I'm not metabolically well, so I still have my. My comorbidities and a lot of things are still prevalent for me. And I, you know, that's where a lot of the anger and the frustration and the sadness comes from is because we did go through all the things to try. Then we had the surgery and then we have this bounce back. And it's like, oh, damn. Like, I, you know, nobody wants to be in this situation. So, but hearing you explain it in that way makes it a, a lot easier for, I'm sure, not only us three, but a, a lot of us and a lot of people in the community to, to be able to handle.
1: Let me just add before I get to the next question. What what we're talking about now, I think you all viscerally feel it and I see it with my patients, but that's also why obesity treatment or excess weight treatment is a team sport. Because when you feel that way, that's where their role of a health psychologist comes in or, or a well-trained and empathetic clinician or nurse practitioner, or registered dietitian, because you don't have to go through that alone. I think with more knowledge and more support um, and more of a a, um, a team around you, whether it's a support group like you're having information or a professional support, uh, not only can you understand it, but also help to deal with it and find solutions, which I know we're going to be talking about, is where do you go from here?
0: Yes, and I was going to say, in the Berry Nation support community, we host over 80 live supportive events every single month and really the purpose of behind those events is to let people know that they are not alone and that when we talk about these things that we're feeling when we talk about the shame or the guilt that we're carrying we can almost drop it off and we can get that support and that encouragement that we need to continue to treat it but if you're trying to do this in isolation it it just doesn't go well i mean we we all know what that feels like cuz we all tried that and it, it just didn't work. So, very much appreciate you calling out the importance of connecting with those those professionals that can help us, and connecting with people who understand it at, at that at that yeah.
1: visceral level. And the more I'm going to make wait, one more point because I think the more people understand this, not only individuals who are living with obesity, but those around them. And a great example is is, is mental health. Not that long ago, there was shame and embarrassment uh, when someone had depression or mental health issues. Um, i'm doing it myself why can't i think happy thoughts and society felt that way as well i think very few people think that way anymore because we understand that mental issues whether it's depression or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia are truly diseases and when you get help and support you can get through it uh, not only through medication and clinicians but support of others we're not quite there yet with obesity, but we are going to get there. So it will be looked at as okay, I do understand the, the the struggle you're having with your weight. I understand it's a disease and there is help and I'm here for you. Again, we're not quite there, but everyone seeks that community and Berry Nation is one of those support systems.
0: Yep, very much appreciate you saying that. We, we've all sought it out and, and because of it, we have been able to, to continue to treat and move beyond these frustrations that we experience along the way. The 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 next question we want to ask you really has to do with terminology, and from our patient perspective, we think we understand why. But when we first experienced weight reoccurrence, we called it regain, and we'd only heard it called regain. The first time we heard it called weight reoccurrence was at ASMBS, and it blew again our minds. Why why the change, or has it always been weight reoccurrence? Patients just referred to it as regain.
1: Um, It was not always weight recurrence. In fact, it used to be weight recidivism uh which which you know really used to be like like your weight goes back up as if you're going back to prison like you ever you know your recidivism and going back to prison so the reason for the change is one not to stigmatize obesity like with words like recidivism but i think more importantly if we think of obesity as a disease uh we need to talk about it as a disease like we would other illnesses so let's take diabetes or cancer cancer is probably easiest to understand you can have a cancer in remission, but if it comes back, you have a recurrence of the disease. You have recidivism of cancer, you have a recurrence of it, or you have recurrence of diabetes when the blood sugar goes back up. So we are really using terminology that we as clinicians use in every other illness or disease. You have a recurrence, you have a remission, it's under control. It's not really gone, but it's under control or it's, or it has remission. And when it comes back, it recurs. So that's the terminology that we're using. We hope, it, we hope it fits more with this idea of a disease entity rather than it's your fault or you have shame and you've regained your weight, what's wrong with you. So you're going to hear that terminology in words because words matter. And we're going to be using, I think, that more and more as we are educating ourselves and other clinicians about what, it, what the disease of obesity is.
0: Hey, this is April. Jason, Nat, and I love making this podcast for you each and every week. But we need your help to keep it going. Become a Berry Nation podcast supporter for $5 a month and help us produce this show. Visit us online at berrynationpodcast.com to join us.
3: I I love to hear you say that because it I know when April Christine and I were at ASMBS, we had heard your Uh, your keynote, we left and we went, reoccurrence makes so much sense. It all makes sense. And my mind instantly went back to another conversation we had with Dr. Eric Smith earlier this year about this exact thing. If we want to treat this like a disease, we have to talk about it like a disease. And words like reoccurrence that that takes that shame away and that derogatory terminology away, so that we can look at it as as more of a disease. And so I I just I love the shift. And I love to hear that the shift is happening um, as a patient and um, even for the broader uh, society to, to start using as well. I think it's so powerful.
1: Good. Well, it's not only for clinicians, but it's for patients alike and individuals who have had the surgery, the patients I serve are the individuals I serve. And it pleases me so much for you to hear that it resonates with you as well.
0: Again, uh, life-changing in so so many ways, so many ways. Just a simple shift in terminology empowers patients to, again, continue to seek treatment when, when weight reoccurrence happens. Are there solid numbers on the percentage of bariatric patients that will experience weight recurrence?
1: I think those numbers are still being um, sorted out because the whole definition of weight recurrence it hasn't really, I mean, like, you know, like cut points, you know, which you are asking, how many people have weight recurrence? It begs the question, what do you mean by weight recurrence? It, it's not as simple as do you gain weight? It's like how much weight? Um, I'd say in general, we we take nadir weight, which is the lowest weight you achieve, usually between one to one and a half years. That's usually the lowest weight. So we typically compute or calculate weight recurrence from the weight you've gained from your lowest weight called nadir weight. Um, on average, first of all, everyone's an individual. That's important to say. Some people uh, don't regain any weight. Some people gain a lot of weight. But if you take an average, I know no patient wants to be average, but if you take a thousand people, like what's the average? The average weight regain from that nadir weight is about 20%, 15, 20%. So that means if you've lost 100 pounds with bariatric surgery at about two years, uh, you may regain 20 of those pounds back. So you still have 80 pounds lost, but you may regain 20 pounds. I think a lot of us, when you shift beyond 15 to 20% weight regain, we start to be concerned and we become much more, more proactive. In, in in implementing treatments, perhaps even before that. But if I look at weight curves of my patients, it is not uncommon that there is a weight regain of 15, even up to 20% going out to five years.
0: So, uh, and I'd love, love to kind of clarify this, in in Barry Nation, based on other conversations that we've had with bariatric surgeons uh, and medical professionals, they always talk about this 10% bounce, which is exactly what we are saying, right? It, t- we can expect that you'll regain about 10% of what you lost. And for our conversations in Barry Nation, that's also what we kind of counsel people on. It's like 10% is to be expected. Anything above that, then it's time to really look at the disease progressing, right, how am I currently treating it? Could I be more aligned to the treatment plan that I already have? And then if I am doing that, what what are the next steps? So that really does, okay. So it is a thing we can expect to regain anywhere up to 20, 20%. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And I and I say, let me re- recalculate this. When I say average, that's taking everyone. If you take the mean, yeah. which is like, what's the most common, not the average, but the most common, it is less than 20%. You're probably in a range of 10%, 15%. So what you're quoting is probably correct. I kind of look at it on average because I'm seeing so many patients. But I think somewhere in that ballpark, uh, and, I, and I advise patients when I see them uh, before and after surgery, that um, you can expect, I don't want you to, you don't want to, but it is not unusual to have mm-hmm. some weight regain, usually between two to f- five years. In that range, we're talking about 10 to 20%.
0: And and I would just say as a, as a patient, I, maybe it was told to me and I just didn't hear it because I didn't want to hear it, but it might've helped me a little bit more if I had gone into surgery with the expectation of weight reoccurrence, like this, this is going to be your trajectory. You're going to do this. And then you're going to do this. I was assuming I was just going to do this and then flatline for the rest of my life. So when you reach this point of weight reoccurrence, it's a blow, it's a big blow. Right.
1: Yes, that gets back to that expectations and having a yes. team around you. Um, yeah. It speaks to coming in uh, and having uh, visits with the team on an ongoing basis and not disappearing. So that kind of weight trajectory and changes in weight can be identified early. And if it becomes excessive weight recurrence, really it's time to intervene.
0: Yeah. So before we we kind of transition to what what are some steps we can do to help us fight back against weight reoccurrence? Will you help us understand what are some factors that contribute to weight reoccurrence?
1: Mm-hmm. They fall into different buckets. Uh, probably a number one bucket, bucket is what we've already talked about. It is biology settling point, the body with from within wanting to come back, and you may not even feel it. It's just a change in metabolism. Your body becomes more efficient. Uh, the intestine itself starts to adapt, you know, because it, 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 it adapts over time. So part of it's biologic. Another one can be medical problems. You develop hypothyroidism, or, or, or not uncommonly, your uh, healthcare professional puts you on a medication that may uh, inadvertently be causing weight gain. Uh, diabetes. Some of the diabetes medications, medications for mental health issues let's say you have arthritis and you take you have to take steroids you have rheumatoid arthritis or another condition or asthma that's poorly controlled you're taking prednisone that can cause weight regain a woman can develop pregnancy or go through menopause that can cause weight gain so some of them are natural some of them are you know medical problems that can cause weight gain that's that's another bucket um another bucket beyond that would be changes in lifestyle uh you're not following the, the uh, dietary program like you did. Uh, let's say your life circumstances have changed or you start having a, 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 a um, interest in foods you have not eaten for a while, nuts, potato chips, or other foods that are higher in calories. Maybe you're less physically active than you were earlier on. It could be due to an injury or a knee pain, or now you have you know, a two-hour commute to and from work uh, and you don't have the time to be as physically active. The other bucket is emotional or psychological, and there's development of depression, um, frustration, shame, you start isolating yourself, you may have more stress in your life, so all of these things can actually start, you know, conspiring collectively to work on top of this genetic biologic change to cause that weight uh, recurrence that we were just talking about. To sum it up, uh, it, it's typically one or all of those it's not it's rarely just one so as a clinician what i do is take a very good medical history that includes social history diet history physical activity mental health history what are all the medications you want and we try like a detective to try to understand what can be changed what are the factors that are that we have control over uh that can make a difference that's that's where we start and it's often with a visit with a registered dietitian or if with our health psychologist, so they can do the same type of inquiry or history taking to try to understand what is behind the weight regain above and beyond the biology and genetics that we talked about.
2: So apparently Dr. Kushner has been uh, spying on me my whole last year or year or so of my life because he just, he just nailed all of those that I've been going through and dealing with. So Hey, now we're here. No, it, it makes perfect sense because, you know, we, we explain to people all the time that, you know, this surgery, while being life changing, doesn't change life. Life is life. Life is going to hit you. Hard times are going to come. Good times are going to come. Celebrations are going to come. People aren't going to stop having birthdays. You're not going to stop getting invited to dinners and things like that. So it really is about people learning. You know, we we try to empower people as much as we can to, you know, to to embrace those situations and really prepare yourself for those things to happen because, you know, there are going to be times that happen. You know that that things really come and hit you, and they're going to be unexpected, and you're not going to know how to handle that. And the only way you're going to that's going to click to you to handle that is the way we used to handle that as obese people pre-op, and that would be, you know, we we want to go to our comfort, which is food, which is always there. You know, the red light's always on at Krispy Kreme, or the the person at the drive-through window is always super happy to see you when you come, give them your money, and. They've never let you down before. And so those are things that we really try to prep people for because a, everything that you mentioned is exactly things that are going to continue to happen in people's lives. So they need to be be well prepared for those things.
1: yeah, there's there's one one thing I want to add as I'm listening to you, Jason, about life gets in the way you beautifully said, everything that was a struggle beforehand may may still be a struggle for you. You know, it doesn't, even though it changes your identity, as we talked about before, life still happens. and you are so right. The other area, though, that we inquire about or probe about is alcohol, and the literature is actually pretty good now that in some individuals, particularly those that misused alcohol or had difficulty with alcohol consumption before bariatric surgery, may continue to have that problem. And There's also data that people may explore or develop um, increased alcohol use even after bariatric surgery. I do have patients that are drinking a bottle of wine every day. Now, if they don't want to do that, right, they don't want to self-harm, but they can't help it. And those individuals, we really get them the help they need. So that could be another cause for weight gain. Uh, And that's usually caused by, you know, psychological areas, stress areas that they're now starting to use more alcohol than they should. So all those things need to be carefully looked at and treated if they occur.
0: It's uh, it's such an important issue that in the Berry Nation support community we offer weekly support groups led by an addiction therapist for exactly this reason. So many people after surgery can struggle with alcohol, drug, or just any right moving of what they once depended on to to something new, right? So I'm not I can't rely on food now to help me soothe or cope, uh, and and we turn to other things, which is just a, a natural kind of progression for for what humans do. We try very hard to keep ourselves safe at all times, uh, but turning to drugs and alcohol can be just as damaging as the disease itself. So we wanna make sure that we are supporting patients in in all facets uh, of their life. Mm -hmm. When when we were, again, at your presentation and you shared that graphic, which we will link in the show notes. So friends, we encourage you, go to our show notes, go to our website, go into the community and and find this um, this graphic that we're gonna share it beautifully displays all of the ways that obesity can can impact our lives. Really, it talks about how our body stores energy. And when you see just how many different ways our body stores energy, it is going to blow your mind and hopefully reduce the shame that you feel when it comes to, to your weight recurrence, right? I was always thinking, what am I doing wrong? I'm eating too much, I'm not moving enough. I was blaming myself. Uh, and in a conversation we just had um, last week with Dr. Joe and Dr. Ed, they were very clear to say, look, no patient does this journey perfectly and perfection should not be the reason that we, that we stop seeking treatment. Um, and just to hear you uh, say those things is, is beyond empowering. So please, if you're watching, if you're listening, go to our website, check out that graphic. It, it will hopefully uh, change your life. Like it, like it changed uh, our, our lives.
1: Well, it really puts into perspective that uh, um, uh, the obesity as a disease, or putting on extra, storing calories, as you say, is really due to multiple factors. Um, everyone has their own story to tell. And that's one of the things that I enjoy, and have enjoyed my entire career as a healthcare professional, is hearing each person's story. And I've learned to be a very good listener, um, and it's just incredibly remarkable, heartwarming, and as well as educating to me and so on about how one arrives at the weight that they're at. Um, So everyone has different stories. There isn't one single pathway. And that's what that graphic actually illustrates is there are so many factors that lead to why someone is struggling with their weight or uh, subject to weight, weight recurrence.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. And as patients, we, like you said, we, we feel that we, we know that. So let's uh, let's pivot the conversation and, and let's focus on the things that we can do when we when we do experience weight reoccurrence. And Dr. Kushner, will 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 ask that to you first. But then Jason, now I would really love for us to kind of share with with our community what we have done as patients when we realized we we were experiencing weight reoccurrence. So yeah, Dr. Kushner, what can we do?
1: Well, first thing is is to is to connect with your team um, and really uh, have a good evaluation by the bariatric surgical team or your primary care professional, whoever you trust and you work with, to try to identify factors that may make a difference. And and I'm gonna throw out what I said before about some medications cause weight gain. So if you are developing stress or depression, or let's say you have uh, pain and 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 your clinician puts you on a medication for one of those, some of those can cause weight gain. So identifying that and substituting a drug that is more weight neutral or causes weight gain can make a big difference. Or if you have low thyroid, have that treated. So it's very important you reach, you go back to your health team to look for those types of issues. Or if you have excessive alcohol intake, get help for that. So that's really where it begins is, is, is a professional assistance. If there's anything that you can identify that would lead you more to living a healthy lifestyle, versus taking you away from it, I would tackle that one step at a time. It can be getting more hours of sleep as an example, right? Instead of four hours of sleep and burning a candle at both ends, how can I get seven or eight hours of sleep? How can I ask for help in my home rather than taking it on myself? How do I reduce the stress in my workplace or in my home? So It could be subtle. It's not like, how do we eat less food? It's it's not like that. You have to think holistically about your your overall life. Once those are tackled or dealt with, um, and I know you're going to tell your own individual stories, I'll kind of set it up and then turn it over to you. There are two other interventions everyone needs to know about. One is that Jason already shared, and that is consider whether a revisional procedure can help. And depending upon your initial procedure... If you have a gastric uh, sleeve, as an example, you can go back and have a gastric bypass, which may reset what is going on and set you back on a weight loss journey. That's one. The other approach, which is becoming much more commonplace and very exciting for me as a non-surgeon, is to use medications for weight loss. So we are on the verge of having, not, not, not we are here already, but on the verge of even more effective medications that help with weight loss are called weight management drugs or anti-obesity medications. So just like other things in, in, in medicine, let's let's take um, most, I, cancer as an example because we use multiple modalities We can use lifestyle. We can use medication, which is chemotherapy. We can use radiation. We can use surgery. So if you are an unfortunate individual who has a, a cancer, you may have four modalities to treat that disease. In obesity, we don't have, we don't use radiation when you use all that, but we can use lifestyle, surgery, and medication, all to help with weight recurrence. And you have to seek your medical, your medical team and surgical team to explore whether you're a candidate for that. And I guess we'll get into that in more detail in a moment. But medication is something you want to have a conversation about if you're not a candidate for a, a surgical rec- um, um, uh, revision or uh, other lifestyle factors have, have you know have already been addressed
0: very much on par with with the conversation we just had again with Dr. Chen and and Dr. Joe about revisions exactly that right there are so many lifestyle things there are so many things within our control as patients that we can focus in on and when we have done all of those things it could be time to right now to to branch out to to more treatment Nat, i'd like to start with you you've kind of you've done done the dance so to speak three times now and you've experienced great reoccurrence three times so what what have you done
3: Yeah. So I, um, like April said, I had three bariatric surgeries. I started with the lap band in 2009, had, uh, complications from there and then had the plication, which is not very popular. Um, and I gained all of my weight back and then some, uh, and came to seek, uh, the vertical sleeve lost 140 pounds from that. And then I experienced some regain um, about a year ago. And uh, my at the time we were just kind of learning about the GLP-1 medications. We, I personally didn't know a lot about them, uh, but I knew that something had to change. And so I went to my nutritionist and I got back on, on plan there. Uh, I sought support from Berry Nation. I was dedicated to seeking, uh, you know, community support, professional support. Um, and then I also went on antidepressants slash anti uh, or ADHD medications um, that were also have side effects that can help with weight loss as well. It's um, kind of a way to um, introduce myself into <laughs> weight loss medications. Um, And i lost that regain since with all of those tools working together, all of those modalities working together. Um, But it is, you get to that point. I mean, last year, I wasn't at the point of gaining all of my weight back and then some, but you still get that shame and you still get that like, what do I have to do now? Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to April and Jason and um, I'm sure countless others and Everyone just said this is a chronic disease. We have to keep going. You have to keep seeking um something that will help. Um and now I'm I'm kind of been at this weight uh for about six months now. And I'm like, okay, like Jason, I'm not quite where I want to be, and I'm seeking um GLP one medications and working with insurance there because I'm not fully metabolically well. I have I've had other um, diagnoses come up, um, that have affected my weight loss. Um, so I'm still battling, but I know that it's possible now. Um, I I've gained that confidence again to, to continue on and keep going. So, um, it's, it's not easy. It's really difficult, but exactly like you said, Dr. Kushner, you have to talk to your team. And if your team is not supportive, you have to find a supportive team. (laughs) It's very important.
0: Yep. Yeah. None of us went into our bariatric journey thinking we were going to have to become MMA fighters of the, of the disease of obesity, but we've been training hard and we are, we are ready. We are ready. Jason, what about you? Share,
2: share with. So I kind of enlisted a lot of similar modalities that I did before I had the surgery to begin with. So I reached out to, um, a uh, friend of ours, uh, Rob, that does meal planning and kind of exercise strategy, things like that. Tried to help him kind of or have him help me get my macros and things back in line. Um, kind of went back on an exercise routine, you know, joined the step bet, started really killing it on the step bets that we, you know, put on and things like that. And none of it seemed to work. So then I went to my primary care physician and she put me on Manjaro, uh, the .25, which did absolutely nothing. It's like shooting a BB gun at a freight train. It did not stop it. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, they were out of the meds. Like everything just went away and there was no way to refill it. And so at that point, I really got to thinking in my head, like, I can't be beholden to something that I'm not guaranteed to get. So then I started looking for other ways, you know, talking with April and Natalie on a consistent basis and and starting my own group in Berry Nation, you know, it was for kind of support with people on Saturdays, just to kind of get community rolling so that I was really kind of hearing the voice of, of other people as well to know that I wasn't alone in that situation. But it really wasn't until I spoke to another uh, surgeon that, you know, we talked to on a you know routine basis that he and I got to talking and, and he really, you know, I, I, in my original surgery, when I had it my, my surgeon let me know ahead of time, he's like, sleeve's not going to do all you want it to do you're going to have to have a revision at some point in time. You're not going to lose all the weight you want to lose. So we're going to start with the sleeve because at my, at my highest weight, I was 468 pounds, but I was also 44 years old and had a bunch of, you know, I was actively dying at that point. So he wasn't going to go all in. And he just told me flat. He's like, we're going to have to do this to get you down to an acceptable level to take the next step for revision to bypass. Well, the more I look into it, the more I did research on it. I wasn't comfortable with doing bypass, so I spoke to a surgeon who performs the SADS as a revision, and he let me know that doing this, that had I done the SADS in the first place, I would have had much more success with my, you know, with with the surgery to begin with. So he also realized that my sleeve was probably not properly sized, so I have way more capacity than most everyone who's had the sleeve. So he will be performing a re-sleeve with a CDS to kind of round out everything all together. So the hope that I gained from that conversation to get to the other side of this and have more tools to help fight this chronic disease was immeasurable. Like it, it took me from being completely, you know, just kind of disheartened about the whole situation to now knowing that I have more, you know, that I will be having I will be gaining more tools to put in my tool belt to move forward with this. So
0: yeah. The 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 key to I think all of our struggles with weight reoccurrence is that we really do have to get to the places patients where we where we recognize the the full statement obesity is a chronic disease that will require lifelong treatment. And as the disease continues to progress, so do we need to as well, right? We need to onboard new treatments that we haven't tried before. We need to recommit to the treatments that we have already done as patients, but just never lose hope that this disease can be treated, right? Effectively. Because if we lose lose sight of that hope, we kind of open the door back up to to our old life and and to the disease again. And, And I really do think that by... Continuing to connect with community to continue to share what we're struggling with, to continue to listen and watch conversations like these to partner with your with your provider, you're really kind of keeping that the door to obesity closed while just opening the door to, to hope, right, because that's, that's the number one thing.
1: You know the. Um, I'm. Thank you for sharing. Um, you both have your own different journeys, uh, appropriate for you, and you're working closely with your healthcare professional, which is wonderful. You're not disappearing and trying some therapy that I've heard about from somewhere. So I think that that's really commendable, and and I hope both of you do really really well as you go forward. You know, we. It's interesting that we often accept other diseases like diabetes or asthma. Let's take two common things or high blood pressure. In which I think very few people would say, I'm cured of my asthma or I'm cured of my diabetes. Obesity is exactly the same way. We don't have a cure. But if you have asthma or diabetes, you manage it uh, and you treat it long term. Sometimes it's going to be in really good control. Sometimes it may flare. But then you intensify therapy and get it back under control. Obesity is exactly the same thing. So if you put your head around that difference, of course, there isn't as shame with asthma or diabetes. There is shame with obesity. So I get that. But if we try to frame it more and more like a disease, like any other medical problem, any other any other person has, it, it, it changes the narrative a little bit and maybe takes a, takes that shame and frustration away a little bit more, uh, like like we 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 treat other things.
0: That has been, I think, the the number one aha moment for all three of us, and for so many members of our community. Right when when that really clicks in, uh, we understand that there there's no reason to feel shameful about fighting so hard against a disease. Uh, that that the shame that we drop opens up new space in our life to accept the the continual treatment of of the disease, and that that is what is needed, and that's what we are on a mission to do
1: takes oh, time. I, I get that. It takes time.
0: <laughs> it does. I, I'm four years post-op, but I'm still learning something every single day. So, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. We're here for the long haul. Dr. Kushner, what is the one thing that you're hoping our listeners and our watchers lead this conversation with today?
1: Uh, th- it's a good segue from what we just said, <laughs> is that <laughs> obesity is a disease And and I don't want to give everyone a disease, but if you frame it as I have this ongoing problem that's genetically and it comes within me, it's not something I'm pouring on myself. It comes from within me and my body wants to be at a heavier weight. It's not my fault. Number two, there are treatments available, lifestyle management, counseling, drug therapy, bariatric surgery, mental health care, whatever that is. And knowing, having realistic expectations that you're in it for the long haul, and those treatments may change over time, um, and be accepting of it and and anticipating that, um, I think you'll do a better job um, managing it.
0: I can't think of a better way to wrap up this conversation. This has been, I think, one of the most profound, inspiring, uplifting, and hopeful conversations that that we've had in a long time. This is such a difficult thing to talk about and in neurologist patients, uh, but you certainly have armed us with the tools that we need to really uh, face it for what it is, a progression of our disease and not something to be scared of or ashamed of. In my honor. Oh, Dr. Kushner, people would like to connect with you. How can they do so?
1: They would go to my website, which is uh, drrobertkushner.com. So it's doctor, like drrobertkushner.com, and you can find the book you've mentioned so nicely, April, which is Six Factors to Fit Weight Loss That Works for You. It's it's really for a uh, it's a self care book that deals with traits and 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 uh, behaviors and thoughts and so forth that that can be found on on that site as well.
0: Yes, like I said, I'm about three quarters of the way through it, and uh, I do have to admit I went into it thinking, is this just going to be like the hundreds of other books that I've read when it comes to diet? And I can solidly say it absolutely is not. Within about the first thirty pages, I knew this was something I had not read or heard before. So I very much appreciate how you how you present um, the, these these treatment modalities that that you know work. So yeah, just thank you for that. It's it's an amazing resource. Thank you. If you are struggling with weight reoccurrence and you don't know necessarily where to start, we do invite you to join the Berry Nation Support Community. We have uh, Regain, Weight Reoccurrence, Life and Maintenance, Emotional Eating Support Groups, all led by talented and skilled therapists who've worked in bariatric medicine for quite some time. So if community, if that type of support is something you know you could benefit from, we invite you to join us there today. You can click the link that's in the show notes, or go to berrynation.com to to learn more. Dr. Krishner thank you again for joining us today. We know how valuable your time is. This has been amazing.
1: You are welcome.
0: Jason
2: my friend you want to take us out? Yes, ma'am. To our community, we want to thank you guys for spreading the word because we know there's people out there that don't know, that need the assistance, that want the help, that want the, that, that need to hear the voices. So we appreciate you guys so much for the likes, the shares, the subscribes, and, you know, letting everybody know that we're here. And uh, don't forget, you can also leave reviews on your favorite podcast players as well as our YouTube channel because that just helps push us out further to get the word out. So, and just remember at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got
0: you, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Bye, friends. Bye, everybody.